Hello, and welcome to the Breaking Over the Anxiety podcast. I am your host, the anxiety nutritionist, gut and hormonal health expert, yoga and meditation teacher, and cat mom, Taylor Jandro. And this podcast is designed to show you how to relieve and resolve your anxiety disorder through the powerful combination of food, lifestyle changes, targeted supplementation, gut and hormonal health optimization, nervous system regulation, yoga, meditation, mindset, lifestyle coaching, and more. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. I'm so excited because today I have another client who has just so graciously agreed to come on and and talk about not only our work together, but their journey with anxiety and overcoming anxiety. So this is Alex. (laughs) Alex started, hello, Alex started with me. I had to look this up. Alex started with me in April 21st, 2022 was our first call. And um, they got the detox sessions and I was running a promo at that time. So it looks a little bit different now, but that was the very first time I was offering this offer, which was a six call package and specifically for people who knew they had gut pathogens. So they knew they had SIBO or parasites or candida or H. pylori or something because they had either done testing or they had been told by another practitioner, naturopathic doctor, what have you. Uh, And then it was a, you know, six call package. Let's get these gut pathogens out of you that are creating anxiety. And our fifth call was on December 3rd, 2022. And then they ghosted me. (laughs) Not really, but they were feeling so much better. And then popped back up in my emails, booked the final call, which was January 8th, 2024. So I'm just super excited. I mean, obviously we chatted on that call about all the goodness and, and everything about why you basically didn't need this call. Um, and then midway through cut them off and was like, are you going to come on the podcast and talk about this? (laughs) To which Alex graciously said yes. So I'm going to stop babbling with this little intro, kick it over, introduce yourself, what do you do? Who are you? And then let's just take it away with what was going on. How is anxiety impacting your day-to-day life and your well-being prior to working together? Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm Alex. I'm so excited to be here. Working with Tay was literally a dream. Um, So when she's like, do you want to come on the podcast? I'm like, absolutely, I do. Um, yeah, you didn't even hesitate. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was offering like, can I write you a whole testimonial? And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. But can you also come on the podcast? I'm like, yeah, of course I can. <laughs> um, Which is huge for somebody who has, who had anxiety or with anxiety, because it's not easy to talk on a platform, you know, where audio is recorded, where video is recorded, and you know, other people are going to hear you. So that in itself is just amazing. (laughs) But as we shall soon discover, the anxiety of like, speaking in front of others and telling my story, really, uh, like has dramatically decreased since working with Tay. Um, But to roll all the way back around to the beginning, 
Um, I guess I had anxiety really in like a noticeable way, maybe since grade 10 or so. Um, So right around mid high school. And then it just kind of progressively got worse over the years as untreated anxiety generally tends to do. Um, Especially like, you know, anxiety that isn't just like trauma based, but is also like has to do with health. And I would get um, like stomach flu every year, once a year, like pretty regularly, which is kind of strange (laughs) for someone who like, it's not like I was traveling like all the time. Um, so to be sick that often, I was like, this is weird, but okay. Um, at some point in university, it got that much worse and I was put on medication and I was like, okay, I can do this, right? Like I'm back in control. This feels nice. Great. Um, what I later learned with Tay was that, you know, the medication wasn't creating more serotonin. It was just kind of like recycling the serotonin I already had. Um, so it, it, does its job but you know it could be better it could be so much better um and then 2020 you know that whole situation that whole year happens um obviously that was really stressful for a lot of people myself included I was in my last year of my undergrad about to start my master's and I was like I don't you know I'm so overwhelmed I don't know what to do next (laughs) um I don't know what things are gonna look like originally I was supposed to go Um, I got into the like master's PhD stream um, at Carleton and I was going to move to Ottawa. And that's where I live. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're local to Ottawa. Um, Yeah, I was going to move and then, you know, like pandemic hit um, and obviously everything got shut down. And I was like, I don't know what my life is going to look like. Uncertainty. And then that's when the anxiety started to like really creep back in. And I also had so many gut issues as well. Um, and so it kind of just like got worse and worse until, you know, I had been following Tay for a while and I just kind of like, not necessarily bit the bullet, but like, you know, I took a chance and I was like, you seem really great. You being Tay. Um, and so, yeah, like, I'm going to try working with you. Let's see what happens. What happens. I worked with a couple of naturopaths at that point. I had worked with my family doctor and all of them were like, here's one thing you can do, like kind of just a a ping pong game with my symptoms, right? Like tossing me around from person to person to person, like go check out an allergist. The allergist is like, do, you know, FODMAP, like try low FODMAP, but, you know, stay on it for the rest of your life, for example. Um, I went to a naturopath who was like, yeah, we can do like, you know, some elimination, but literally just gave me like, oregano oil tablets and sent me on my way which I remember (laughs) when you did your intake information I remember being like this is what we're doing for this (laughs) no (laughs) right and it does help for some people but it's it's not a full comprehensive system and like really my anxiety did need to be like dealt with systemically like it was so pervasive. Um, it really impacted me like every day. So really every single day I had anxiety. It made it hard to sleep and eat. I was nauseous all the time. Um, sometimes it got really like hard to leave my house. 
I was like doing all the things, right? So along with like working with my doctor and these naturopaths and whatever, I was like journaling and taking melatonin. There's other supplements and they were all meant to like help me sleep and cope, but I literally just felt like I was getting worse. Um, So at the time I felt really depleted and I felt exhausted every day. Um, And then I like, because I was depressed or sorry, because I was, and then because I was, anxious so often and I like found it so hard to leave the house then I ended up also getting like pretty depressed right um it was so easy to be like irritable with people because I was just so anxious all the time and if we're really going to go into the the TMI of it all which I know (laughs) Tay does please do yes um I also you know was diagnosed with IBSD and SIBO and the long and short of it was, you know, I was just dealing with symptoms like every single day and really any tiny amount of stress. And I would have to go to the washroom immediately, which was very challenging as, you know, a graduate student, as someone who, when I started to talk to Tay, when I like first got into contact with Tay, when we started the detox sessions, I was like right about to start my practicum as a therapist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I need to talk to people. (laughs) All those symptoms made it so hard when you're literally running to the toilet, but you're trying to like support somebody with their mental health. You're also suffering with your own. Really, the anxiety was a mess. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing all of that. A lot of women listening are going to resonate because I get tons of messages um, from, I mean, men, women, everyone. Um, who struggle with IBS, right? And they're constantly told the IBS is because of the anxiety. But anybody who's never experienced IBS, I don't think they, I know they don't understand how much it impacts your life. Because it's like at any second, the drop of the hat for no known reason, you are running to the washroom. And so you don't want to be out in public. It makes it really hard. Like I think about this um, because when I got COVID, uh, for about four to six weeks after I was still experiencing some symptoms. And one of the symptoms was IBS like symptoms. And I was at the mall and I shot my pants Mm. because I couldn't get to the fast, the bathroom fast enough. Right. And I was like speed walking to the bathroom. It just came out of nowhere. I'm speed walking to the bathroom. It's, you know, it's on my thong. I have to throw away my thong. I'm like, shoving toilet paper up there putting my shorts on it's the summer so I'm wearing shorts and then I'm like okay I guess I'm gonna go home now you know and I was thinking because I work an office job and I go into the office two days a week and that was the first thing I thought I was just like oh my gosh like all those people with IBS who work office jobs you know which just makes me want to scream it even louder from the rooftops like IBS is not something that you have to live with for your whole life um there's absolutely root causes going on here. And it's not necessarily the anxiety creating the IBS, even though it seems like that because it is triggered by stress. But uh, as we'll talk about as we learned during our work together, there's multiple root causes that are creating the IBS. There's multiple root causes that are creating the anxiety. And these root causes are overlapping to create both these symptoms. So I just had a few follow-up questions. So <laughs> when you went on medication originally, did you feel like really good for a little bit? Yeah. Initially it really worked. Like before I got on medication, I 
wasn't, again, I wasn't eating or sleeping. Um, and then I got on the medication and I was really dizzy the first few days, but after that, it felt like life was manageable again. I barely felt any anxiety, but you know, as life continues to throw things at you, which it's always going to do, like there was always the option of like, well, up your medication, change medication, um, or, you know, like figure out a different solution. And I wanted to figure out something else because it really just seemed like, you know, my body either wasn't digesting it or I wasn't, I think later I learned through Tay that like, I wasn't supporting my body in a manner for it to create enough serotonin. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I also learned that it's created in the gut, right? Like who, who in the world knew me as a therapist? I did not know that. Right. Like we took so many courses about like cognitive psychology. Did they ever teach us that? No, absolutely not. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not part of their education and background, just like it's not part of a doctor's education and background. And when I was in school for nutrition, learning all these things, I wasn't learning about cognitive psychology. Like we all have a role to play, yeah. right? The doctors have a role to play. The therapists have a role to play. The nutritionists have a role to play in mental health. Yet the nutritionists are still kind of the wackadoodles. <laughs> but you know what? Therapists used to be the wackadoodles. That's true. And it wasn't that long ago. I, I can't remember for the life of me the date, but I heard this stat the other day and I thought that was not that long ago. And now it's totally more normal to go to therapy, right? It's like, oh, mental health, medication therapy. Like even doctors are saying that, right? So I think there's hope for us nutritionists. <laughs> yeah, I really hope like this work also gets destigmatized in a similar way that like mental health has like I think there's still obviously stigma but like yeah holistic like you know practitioners should not should not receive stigma it is helpful <laughs> work it works we appreciate you <laughs> thank you I appreciate you I mean you know I'm the biggest fan biggest fan of therapy mm-hmm. and something we were talking about on our last call was the ripple effect of mm-hmm. you seeing such massive improvements with your mental health, which we'll get into all the juiciness of that and how that has allowed you to do many things. But one of those things to take on more clients. And so now you can help more people with their mental health. And it's just like, that's like what you help how many people a week now? So I used to like right at the beginning of when we started working together, it was like maybe three or four people a week. And I found that really overwhelming. And then as we did our work together, I'm now up to like, I've decided my max, maybe I could do more, but you know, I also want to like participate in self-care and have enough time Mm -hmm. for myself. But yeah, now I'm seeing like 16 people a week compared to four. That is like an incredible improvement. (laughs) Yeah. And that's 12 more people that you get to help every single week with their Mm -hmm. mental health. And you just nailed it on the head you have decided that your max is 16, Mm -hmm. not because of I have to do this or I'm going to be so overwhelmed or anxious. And, you know, maybe because you're pushing yourself too much, you know, but you've made this conscious decision. This is my capacity. And I do that too. I'm like, this is my capacity. And that's it. Because we have also learned to prioritize our physical and mental health because we know what it feels like to 
not um, put that at the forefront. And really, it's a lack of education because we're not told how important it is mm-hmm. growing up unless you know, I, I did, I did work with one client one time whose parents, she, she was like, you know, my parents were super hippies. So, you know, it's actually funny that I grew up kind of surrounded by all of this. So I totally hear what you're saying and I get what you're saying, but I still need help implementing it, which Mm -hmm. is very normal, but she's the only client I've ever worked with who had parents that were like that. Everyone else was like me, where it's like, you grow up very allopathic, like here's a pill for your ill. And so it's like the subconscious programming growing up where you just think like, oh, something's wrong, I'm gonna go to my doctor. And if they don't have the answers, then something must really be wrong with me. Right. So what are some specific um, changes or improvements that you experienced during our work together? Did your anxiety symptoms decrease, change, go away? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I could talk about this for hours to anyone who will listen. Um, The floor is yours. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I have my whole hour right now. Okay. You do. (laughs) I mean, it helped in a lot of different ways. I feel like one of the really big things was that I learned the difference between stress and anxiety, which has helped me like personally a lot, like my own personal growth, my work with clients, and overall just mental health in general, right? Um, because before it all used to feel like the same thing, anxiety and stress felt like the same thing. And yeah, through the work, I learned that they are not, they could feel different. Um, and that you can like minimize and manage both. And it doesn't have to just be like an everyday part of life. I mean, I'm sleeping better. Like I, yeah. Please tell everyone what time you were going to bed when we started working (laughs) together. So according to Tay, I used to have the record for the latest sleep. Um, You did? You do. You still hold it down. No, somebody came in a close second to you, but they are not as late as you. Yeah. So I was going to bed like pretty regularly at 4 a.m. I think right before my first meeting with Tay, I'd been at a concert and I went to bed at 6 a.m. that day, which that was a special occasion, but still like that is so um but yeah I so before I really like experienced so much insomnia and again it was like you know reading at night and journaling and taking melatonin trying to really like calm down and just like reset for the night kind of but obviously none of that worked um I hadn't done all of you know the like root cause work for anxiety I hadn't like treated my adrenals my adrenals were absolutely shot and so yeah I was having like terrible bouts of insomnia where I just didn't sometimes I didn't sleep for three nights in a row and then the fourth night I would finally like pass out um so that's been a massive improvement in comparison now I think since I started working with Tay I've not had one sleepless night wild (laughs) wild and I'm it's just I I used to have an insomnia as well that was a big part of my story and I used to knock myself out with Ativan because nothing worked melatonin like you said I tried everything I tried the journaling I tried the baths I tried everything to actually go to bed and nothing worked. And then of course I was blowing through my Ativan prescription. So my doctor cut me off, which was the right thing to do. 
but then that triggered my anxiety even more because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need this to sleep. So my like for anyone that I work with who's struggling with insomnia, I'm just like, oh, because I know what it feels like to not sleep. And then you literally feel like you're losing your mind Mm -hmm. because you you are like you you have no stress management skills when you haven't slept for a few nights or when you're only running on two hours of sleep, because it's just like the body's just in such a heightened state of stress, right? Cause it didn't get the rest that it needed. So to hear that your sleep, and this is what I, I, I tell people all the time. And I know that when you can't sleep and you try the sleep medications and you try the melatonin, and you try all these things and it's not working. And you're just like, Oh, frig, like I'm never going to sleep. You know, there is a reason why you're not sleeping and shockingly or not shockingly but surprisingly (laughs) depending on how many episodes you've listened to you might not be surprised but it has everything to do with your gut health it has everything to do with your adrenals as alex mentioned and other hormones that are at play and it has everything to do with what you're eating Mm. and of course if there are gut pathogens like SIBO in your case that's absolutely going to play a role in that as well So what you mentioned, you know, you hadn't addressed the root causes. What were your root causes? (laughs) I feel so unqualified to speak about this topic because... You are the most qualified person because it's your lived experience. (laughs) I mean, like really, I think I had pretty much everything that like Tay just mentioned. So like the gut pathogens, right? We did... Um, you know, a whole round of just like various supplements and a lot of like support for drainage pathways to like get some of those things out, right? So whether mm-hmm. they were like parasites or candida, those I think were really contributing to me being up at night. Um, yeah, there was just so much going on. Like I think we don't realize how much the day-to-day stress of life takes a toll um I believe maybe it was Tay that told me the like bucket analogy but like Mm -hmm. you have to you know like your bucket is your body you have to take care of yourself in a way that makes it easy for your body to do its job because it naturally like detoxifies it naturally wants to help you out it wants to get rid of toxins right for example like the liver is not the only one that will like detoxify right like when you're drinking alcohol Mm -hmm. your whole body is meant to do that but when we're not supporting it optimally we end up with things like you know parasites and candida in my case like SIBO and IBS and yeah there was just (laughs) a lot that needed to be tackled Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know I hear I hear this a lot and I get why people say this but they'll say you know my doctor said that I don't have to take anything to support the liver or the kidneys because the, they detox on their own. And I, I, I agree, they are detox organs. That is their function in the body. But we have to remember that we as humans, like going back to Darwin's theory of evolution, evolution happens very slowly. So we were created and designed a certain way a bazillion years ago, and we haven't our body hasn't evolved to catch up with our modern lifestyle. Like our modern lifestyle is just, it's changing, 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 changing. Like I remember not 
having a computer. Like I remember dial-up internet, you know, and now yeah, here we are. Say, <laughs> just about to say, I remember like VHS, absolutely. Yeah, and like the internet, like, <laughs> like you couldn't be on the phone and on the internet at the same time, you know? And I just think about how much has changed in my 33 years of life. And it's only going to continue to evolve. And we're constantly being exposed to stimuli that we were never exposed to before we have access to 24 hour light now that the body does not know what to do with that because we have never had access to that 24 hour light until now with our screens and we're exposed to the toxins in the air in our environment in our cleaning products in our beauty products you know maybe in our food depending on what we're eating and you know people will argue well it's just a little bit they've tested it and it's in safe quantities yes but it's just a little bit of this and just a little bit of that and just a little bit of that and just a little bit of this and it all adds up and then your bucket will overflow because you know, we've all taken a bucket to the beach and filled it up with sand or water and it can only hold so much if it's not draining. And so at a certain point, you do have to support your detox pathways because of the world that we live in. And that's not changing anytime soon. And so it's almost like we, the narrative has to catch up where it's like, yes, we do have these detox organs and in a perfect world, they would just do their job. But unfortunately our world gets in the way (laughs) and we get in the way because I grew up eating sandwiches, you know, for lunch and pasta for dinner. And because that's what my parents were told was healthy via the food pyramid, Mm. right? And so that means I I grew up eating gluten two, three times a day for my entire life until I was 25. Like that's going to have an impact on the body, right? Dairy, sugar, whatever it is that you grow up eating, that's going to have an impact on the body. And so when you start to think about it that way, then the human body just becomes marvelous it's almost like wow like you have really fought hard (laughs) to support me for so long and now I need to turn around and I need to support you and I'll say I mean I agree with everything you said in terms of your root causes and then we also did work with protein and fiber and that helps massively as well. And I think you even told me that you think fiber's like been the game changer. It's never going to be one thing, but I feel that way about fiber as well. <laughs> that if it I is- slack on my fiber, I notice. <laughs> no, it really is an incredible change. Like, I guess to circle back around to kind of like some of those TMI improvements that I've noticed. Yes. Um, right. Because I was saying like, you know, IBSD every day, run into the washroom immediately. I think really like the combination of like having enough protein, because again, as Tay taught me, protein will slow down like the gut and the digestion, right? Like you won't be running to the washroom as often. Um, And then that- Then the fiber as well, yeah. Yeah, and then the fiber Mm -hmm. has also been like instrumental. Like before having so many frequent (laughs) trips to the washroom. um, And now I feel like I've just had incredible poops since working with Tay. (laughs) Like if for some reason I don't have an incredible poop that day or I too daily. Anyway, uh, like I know, I know what to change. That's goals. (laughs) I know what to change. I know what to improve because 
Tay has provided so much information and I'm like, okay, like what did I eat that, that day? Okay. Maybe I didn't like have enough fiber or could I have like supplemented something with protein? You know, I don't notice those changes as quickly anymore because mm-hmm. like we've built this really strong foundation of routine and just doing it every day in and out. Um, so it's not as quickly noticeable, but in the beginning I was like, oh yeah, this is making a really big impact. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I do really love to take these opportunities where I talk with clients to where they can share their journey and it's the same, but it's different because we're all different. Right. And so some people might move faster and get results a little bit faster. Other people might not like it's completely, there's no one size fits all. Right. And so um, I love that you shared that in the beginning, you really noticed it on the days where maybe you weren't eating enough protein or you weren't having enough fiber or whatever it was. But now that you've built this foundation, like you've been doing this work since April, 2022, Mm -hmm. right? So in a few months, it'll be two whole years. Mm -hmm. And that's what I usually tell people for a rule of thumb. If, if they're like, you know, say somebody starts working with me in September and they start to feel really good but then December comes around and they're just totally out of routine for two weeks because it's the holidays and they're drinking more and they're eating the cookies, which I'm super supportive of. Like even I do that around the holidays, you know, um, my mom makes these like big cookie snowball cookies for me every year. And they have all the gluten and all the dairy and all the sugar. And I just dummy those. (laughs) And then my face breaks out and I'm like, Oh, well, we knew that was going to happen. You know, it is what it is, but it's so nostalgic for me. Um, and anyway, that's not the point. So let's say, you know, they, and then January, they'll be feeling a little anxious and that's totally normal because you've only, you've been doing such amazing work, but you've only been doing it for three months. Right. And we have to think, well, how long was the body out of balance? Right. And then we have to put that time into rebalancing. And so I tell people in these situations, this will happen for the first two years where if you go on vacation for a couple of weeks and you just like, you know, throw caution to the wind and you just eat whatever you want and stay up late and do all the things, which is like, again, do, live your life, you know, but let's just be realistic about our expectations because the foundation is still a little rocky. It's there, but it hasn't completely solidified and hardened. And then about two years in, you'll find that you can fall out of your routine a little bit more for certain reasons and it won't knock you down as much and that will just get more and more and more and you know using myself as an example I started doing all of this work in 2015 and now what are we 2024 (laughs) (laughs) now if I fall out of my routines for a little bit I won't feel anxious per se, I will really notice it in my, in how I handle stress though. I will really notice that I'm not able to, I work three jobs. I'm not able to handle the juggling as well. I get overwhelmed very easily and my skin will break out like crazy. So those are kind of my things to be like, Oh, okay. Gotta, reel it back in. And for you, it might be, Oh, why do I feel 
anxious right now. Actually, that was, that's going to be my next question <laughs> is, first of all, tell us what happened between December 3rd, 2022 <laughs> and, and January 8th, 2024, because I'm assuming only good things since you didn't, since you didn't call me. <laughs> Yeah, so essentially I ghosted Tay because I was just living my best life. Um, Those are my favorite kind of ghosts, by the way. Like, I'm never even mad about that. I'm just like, I love that you are just are do- living your best life. <laughs> that is exactly how I feel about my clients. I'm like, you're doing great. You don't, you don't feel like you need therapy? Wonderful. That is wonderful to hear. I am so happy for you. Um, yeah, that's how I am with my therapist. I'll disappear on her for like six months. And then I'll email her and I'm like, I need a session. (laughs) So I guess that whole year was really just like establishing a routine because here's the thing is that like one of the biggest challenges is trusting the process partially like also trusting Tay, right? Like you're kind of, you're not buying into a person in the same way that like, you know, you might buy into a therapist, for example. But, mm-hmm. you know, there is that like, there is that connection, there is that relationship. And I found it really beneficial because Tay helped me to, you know, remain accountable. I love that she checked in so often. Um, and so it was, yeah, just a lot of working on myself, implementing as much of what Tay said and recommended as I could with the, you know, she always says this, like, you know, 70 to 80 compliance rule, right? Like, we do not have to be 100. We do not have to be perfect. I think when you're facing such extreme, like, severe anxiety, you want to be 100 and you want to be perfect. Because also a lot of us are perfectionists, overachieving perfectionists. Um, yeah, like friggin' high f- functioning anxiety 101 <laughs> must be a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> must get everything right. <laughs> um, so yeah, in the beginning, it was so like crucial and pertinent to me to be like, okay, I need to do every single thing that Tay says. And if one thing is not working, I'm going to email her immediately and be like, what do I change? How do I fix this? What did I do? Why is this side effect here? Like just so Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I applaud her everlasting patience with me because I I love it. (laughs) And I tell, I say this in the beginning too. I'm like, you cannot annoy me with your questions. I know your anxiety is going to tell you that you're annoying me with your questions because I've had anxiety. So I know, but I truly want to offer that level of support. It doesn't mean I'm going to answer you right away because you know, boundaries, but I'm also going to answer every single one of your questions to the best of my ability, because I also know what most people have gone through where they've just been brushed aside, you know, and their symptoms and their concerns have been brushed aside, which is one going to make the anxiety worse. And honestly, most 99% of the time I have an explanation for you. (laughs) Like there is an actual reason you're feeling like that. And then number three is personally, if I understand the why behind why I'm doing something, I'm going to be that much more compliant and I'm going to actually want to do it instead of just being told do this and I'm not fully understanding the why. And so especially going through a detox, there are symptoms that can pop up that can be concerning like detox reactions, right? 
that you're just like, oh my gosh, like, and let, I don't even know, like headaches, rashes, like fatigue, but even digestive stuff, even maybe sleep interruptions. And you being someone who came in with those concerns and you're seeing progress. And then all of a sudden, if we see a dip, like I want to be able to come and reassure you. So I promise I actually mean it when I say you will never annoy me with your questions. And I say all the time, be the annoying kid who asks why. Like, I want you to ask me why I want you to challenge me. And if I don't know the answer, I'll be like, Oh, I don't know. Let me look into that. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so hard. thank you for saying that. <laughs> it's so hard, because the thing that you're trying to target is making it so much worse, right? Like, mm-hmm. When I went into it, I was like, okay, I'm going to target my anxiety, my, like, this is the focus. And of course, Tay was like, okay, it's, it is a symptom of many other things that are occurring, a lot of them in your gut, but also like throughout your body. But in my mind, I was like, well, I'm trying to target the anxiety, but the anxiety isn't getting better. Like, I'm still having these irrational thoughts. I'm still having these bodily sensations. Like, what gives? What is happening? Like the anxiety will make you believe that you are literally, you know, broken beyond belief. You're not going to get any better. And really it was about like trusting the process. Also trusting Tay because, you know, she's shared her story many a time graciously, vulnerably that like, you know, what she went through. And so I always had her story in the back of my mind, like, okay, if she can do it, I can do it. She's created this program for so many other people. I can also participate in this, right? Like it helps to be part of, you know, I guess a legacy, something that people have already done that have already. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like a challenge that people have already taken on. Like if you're going to run whatever, a 10 K and you see so many of your family members have also run 10 Ks, you're like, okay, I could probably do this too. I got this. Um, so yeah, I think I really spent that year just like working on patients, working on how do I comfortably incorporate some of these things? Because the thing about Tay is she'll give you different options, right? So for example, there are like some kind of non-negotiables like, you know, protein and fiber, but even in there, she's like, well, you could get your protein from this source or that source. It doesn't all have to be like beef, for example, right? Like eat a variety of proteins, um with fiber it doesn't have to just be like beans i know she's the biggest proponent of beans but there are so many other things you can eat as i've learned because i don't like beans you don't like beans i know i know i remember you coming to me being like i can't do it i'm like just oh just because i'm a boring boring eater and i'm obsessed with beans doesn't mean you have to be (laughs) and that's the thing right like she provided so many different options so i was like let me explore everything. Let me really take my time to really incorporate this into my lifestyle rather than just like making these quick changes. And I see that so much with my clients. Like they'll make a lot of quick change and you know, maybe something goes wrong or they get overwhelmed. It's just not sustainable. And so, yes, initially we were went to work together for like six months and I stretch it out very long, but I feel like... But I feel like I've made really sustainable changes to my lifestyle and that feels really good. And Tay was super supportive the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this might be hard to answer, but how long do you think it took before you noticed a noticeable difference in the anxiety? Because the other symptoms we saw improvement in first, and you you touched on it, you nailed it on the head, because we're hyper-focused on the anxiety, the anxiety is the big goal. 
And so if we're hyper-focused on something, we have tunnel vision. That's the only thing that we see. And we don't see the other mini improvements that I can see from bird's eye view. And to me, I'm like, oh, we're on the right track because before anxiety can get better, sleep has to get better. Before anxiety can get better, the IBS has to get better. Before, like, I can see the hierarchy, right? But the clients can't. And I totally get that because I was also once the client, (laughs) you know? So do you know approximately like kind of how long until you started to be like, oh, this is working for my anxiety? Yeah, I, so I think a really big challenge is the patience, right? And like, if we're perfectionist overachievers, of course, we're like, I want results yesterday. I wanted results last year. Why is this taking so long? Um, It really does work, but it works so slowly, right? Like you're healing the gut and you're also then healing the rest of your body and your brain. It takes a while. It is not a quick fix. Like you were saying with allopathic medicine, it is not just this, like you take a pill, you feel better. You pop an Advil, the pain goes away. Like it is long-term work. And so it's long-term change. And so it takes a while. Um, if I can be very vulnerable, I had, I noticed a little bit of improvement in the anxiety, maybe after one month, but what really was a game changer for me was two months in I had my last, at least for now, my last ever suicidal thought. So that was June of 2022, and it is now January of 2024, and I've not had a single suicidal thought since then. So that, yes, it took two months, and yes, I did kind of feel like garbage for the first two months. There were improvements that Tay could see, and that I could, like, kind of see but not really because again you're so hyper focused on the anxiety but the fact that I haven't had you know a single suicidal thought in over a year and a half like that to me is an incredible achievement and I feel like that marked the beginning of like okay things are really starting to get better it's taking a long time but this is working I see it working Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing that and it's always funny when we look back on it now And we think, oh man, those two months felt like so long. But when you put it in perspective where it's been a year and a half now, you know, I always say I'm so grateful for my anxiety disorder and I wouldn't trade those four years that I suffered for anything now. (laughs) Like I'm saying that now in hindsight, you never would have caught me saying that back then. And I didn't feel that way back then. But now when you're on the other side, you see like the lessons and everything, right? And just the knowledge that you have now that you can bring into your sessions with clients. And and it's even just something as simple as I've worked with quite a few therapists now, actually. Most of us come into the mental health space because either we've struggled with our mental health or someone that we love very dearly has struggled with their mental health, right? And so I've worked with a lot of therapists. I seem to get them when they're doing their master's. (laughs) Like they're in their master's program. (laughs) They're struggling with their anxiety and they're like, okay, let's tackle this. And then they can in sessions share And just be like, you know, have you looked into gut health? Have you looked into hormones? Have you looked into protein? And just like having that little implantation, I think, what if a therapist had said that to me? 
a psychiatrist did eventually say that to me. That's what put me down this path. But four years later, and he was the fifth, no, the fourth I ended up with. So imagine the first one I went to when she saw that the CBT wasn't taking and just like, it just wasn't working for me in that time in my life. Imagine she had said, have you considered gut health mm. or what's your diet like? Or have you looked into like a nutritionist? Yeah, or like, how's your sleep going? Yeah. What, what does the rest of your lifestyle look like? Not just like, what is your brain doing? What are the problematic thoughts and feelings you're having? Yeah. And it's, it's important, mm -hmm. you know, to do that too. And I'm, therapy was a big part of my recovery journey and it's stayed a part of my life now, just like eating a lot of protein has stayed a part of my life. You know, someone asked me the other day on Instagram, um, and I get this question quite often where it's like, do I have to eat this way forever? And yeah, mm. like you do if you want to stay this way, you know? And like you said, it's a 70 to 80% kind of compliance. So there's still wiggle room. You can still four to six meals a week, indulge in the things that you love, but you'll also find that your, your tastes change. Have you noticed that actually? Like what you crave? Yeah. We never yeah. talked about that. I don't think, but you, what you crave and what you start to reach for and what you start to make changes and it happens naturally. I don't even push it, <laughs> but it's because when we balance the hormones, when we optimize digestive function, when minerals are balanced in the body, like cravings and, and, we just think, oh, I just automatically just want that. No, there's like biological reasons for that as well. Yeah, no, that is one of the many things I love about your approach is that like anti-shame piece. And I always try to do that with my clients as well. Like, I don't think it helps us to judge ourselves or to shame ourselves, right? And I was listening to another, you know, podcast episode um, before coming on to this one and you were talking about how doing your research <laughs> right I am prepared um, I love it. yeah like you were talking about how all of these cravings are because very specific things are happening in your body right like if you're finding yourself craving sugar that's what's happening if you need salt this is what's happening like it's not your fault necessarily your body is just giving you those signals of like hey this is what I need more of Mm -hmm. it's not willpower and you're not a weak person or a bad person or a fatty or whatever those horrible things we say to ourselves right like because I reached for that cookie and I knew I shouldn't have had the cookie um and that's the difference between the diet industry and the health industry although there are some great practitioners working in the diet space just like there are great doctors you know um there's good and less good <laughs> in every field and even nutritionists, you know, like, um, it's just the way the world works, but, um, it's never, ever, ever about willpower. So if you are listening and you are thinking like, Oh, I just like, I can't control these cravings. It's just know that it is something that's happening within the body. Um, and that is something that can be shifted and it's not something you need to like hypnotherapy your way out of or something. And that could help. But I just did a post the other day about hypnotherapy and I was saying, I'm not poo pooing hypnotherapy. I think it's fantastic. But if you're not also doing the body based work, it's not going to take. Okay. Do you still, do you still experience anxiety now? Of course. And what's that look? Yes. Of course what's that I experience look like? anxiety. 
And I would love to hear in your words the difference between normal anxiety and anxiety as a symptom. Mm. So yeah, like I was saying in the beginning, like really this work helped me understand that. I of course still experience anxiety and I try to tell my clients this all the time that it is an emotion and the emotion will pass, right? Like we have different emotions for different things. Anxiety usually means you're scared of something in the same way that anger means like maybe somebody's wronged you. Maybe there's been an injustice, right? Like our emotions send messages. We don't want to completely get rid of them. We don't want to be emotionless robots. The difference now is that the anxiety doesn't have to ruin my day, my week, my life, right? Like I can just sit with it and experience it. I can move it through my body relatively quickly and it will go away, right? Like it does not stay with me. So if something, you know, is off in my routine and it's causing me some anxiety, then I know kind of what steps I can take to change how I'm feeling. Um, I think the big difference between, you know, anxiety is a symptom and anxiety is a feeling is like, if you sit with the anxiety, and to be fair, this takes a lot of practice, but Mm -hmm. it does naturally kind of decrease on its own, right? And you could do like, a couple things like a little bit of breath work, like maybe you make sure you get to bed on time and like, cool, the next day, you're feeling great, right? Like you're feeling back to 100%. Anxiety as a symptom to me is like, okay, I'm going to the washroom immediately, right? Like something has happened, it has stressed me out, my nervous system cannot handle it, I have to like, go to the washroom, or, you know, I'm gonna like have a panic attack, like it's kind of this almost extreme reaction because again your body's out of balance your hormones are out of balance your gut health is it could be better <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's bad but right like the- yes thank you I appreciate that language <laughs> I try to be careful with my language as well <laughs> right like there are improvements we can make and your body is gonna send you the signal that like hey I'm not getting overstress easily there's something that you need to change because again like you know, stress can be, it could just take you out for, you know, an hour, a couple of hours, maybe one day. It does not have to take you out for several days, the whole week. It doesn't have to ruin your sleep that night. So yeah, I guess in my mind, anxiety as a symptom is very much that like prolonged extreme response. You really physiologically feel it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't move through your body easily. It almost stays like stuck in your body. I actually have an example of feeling anxious um, over the weekend. I was at the grocery store and um, the people in front of me were being very rude to the cashier and it turned into this huge scene and I was sitting there the whole time being like, don't say anything, don't say anything. And then it just like escalated like, and I just stepped in and I like kept my, I didn't like yell or anything I just kept my voice low and I stepped in to defend the cashier Mm -hmm. because they were trying to bring the manager came in it was like this whole thing and they turned around and started like yelling at me and like projecting that onto me and I felt anxious because that's a threat right like someone's yelling at you I'm not used to that like I'm I'm very fortunate that I don't have people in my life that yell at me, (laughs) you know, like um, obviously when I was younger and when I was a kid, you know, my mom would get upset. And then I can remember that feeling. It was just like, like stress hormones everywhere. And I was shaking 
and I just like stayed composed on the outside, although I'm pretty sure you could see my hands shaking. And I was just like, I exchanged a few more words, like literally like in this tone. And then I just stopped and they kept trying to say things. And I just like stopped and then they paid and they moved on their way. And I was shaking on my drive home, which is about like a six minute drive. I'm like doing my breath work. I know that I feel anxious for a reason. That's my nervous system doing what it's supposed to do. There was a threat. My body's like, well, okay. Like, you know how my cats go like, (laughs) and I came home and I told my partner, I was like, and then I, I was like, I shook my body. I did like shake, 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 shake. And then I was breathing and then I had a bunch of water and then I felt fine. I was very like upset about the situation and I continued to think about it for like a few more hours but I didn't feel anxious anymore. Right. And that's a completely like, if my nervous system hadn't reacted like that, I would have been like, uh, are you working? <laughs> yeah. Like we're still, you know, animals, right? Like we need to protect ourselves. That is what our nervous system is there to do. If we didn't ever feel anxiety, we wouldn't know when we were in danger, right? Like you just walk out into traffic. Like that is not safe. Our anxiety is helpful. It is beneficial. I remember in our last call, um, in the, you know, detox session. So our sixth call, I was talking to Tay about like, yeah, so I used to have a really like pretty severe, like fear of flying. Right. Mm -hmm. And especially when like COVID hit, I was so happy to not travel, but it also meant that I missed a lot of my loved ones. Right. Because my family are immigrants. And so we have a lot of family back home. And, you know, as things were starting to open up again, as my anxiety was decreasing, I was like, okay, I could do this again. Like, cool. Liftoff is a little bit shaky. I do a little breath work. You know, when we're, um, when the plane is going down on the ground, what is that called? <laughs> Des- the, oh, the descent? Yeah, sure. When okay. The, the <laughs> descending. Um, then I also like feel a little bit of anxiety, but again, like you're in a metal box far, far above, you know, civilization, of course, you're Mm going to feel anxious, of course, if there's turbulence, you're going to feel anxious. And it helps so much to have Tay really validate that because yeah, like you're still a human, you're still going to be triggered by things like, you know, turbulence on a plane or somebody yelling at you. That's still an experience that's going to make you feel unsafe. And so it makes sense that your body would react. It's just like, Mm -hmm. how long do you stay in that mode for right if it's a symptom that means you're going to be in it for maybe you know days possibly weeks like it's really going to impact you if it's just the feeling it will pass Mm -hmm. and I and I mean this is something you can speak to so much because this is more your swim lane but I also think anxiety works as an inner compass and if something is off in our life or our relationships or our job Often, and I know this because this happened to me in a relationship that I wanted so bad for this relationship to work and my anxiety came back and I was so anxious and so anxious and it took me a while to figure out what it was. It took me a few months to figure out that it was in fact the relationship and that because it wasn't obvious, you know? And then of course I'm working with my therapist, I'm talking to my therapist, I realized, oh man, so then you break up and you go through the grieving and everything. But the second that I ended the relationship, 
the anxiety was gone. Mm. I felt, I felt devastated and broken hearted and I was grieving. And so I was dealing with other emotions, but the anxiety was gone. And so it can very much serve as an inner compass as well. That kind of pops around for a little bit. Cause it's saying like, Hey, we're not supposed to be here. Oh. And that's not the kind of anxiety you want to eliminate. No, absolutely. It really is so protective. It helps keep you safe in the same way that like, you know, as you were saying, like shaking helps you to feel safe, right? It helps you to re-regulate your nervous system when you've just felt like, hey, I'm under threat. It really just is the difference of like, what do I feel like is a threat? You know, is it just like someone saying hi to me that I'm, you know, now I feel like I'm going into a panic attack? Or is it like, someone you know kind of verbally abusing me in a sense right like yeah there's a big difference there and anxiety tells you like hey we're feeling unsafe we gotta go we gotta get out of here and that is not a thing I don't think that is that you shouldn't want to get rid of that protective piece of it no I absolutely agree but let's get rid of the insomnia the IBS panic attacks, the depression, <laughs> let's get, you know, let's get rid of all of those things, which I'm just like, so happy that we did. Okay, final question. What would you say to someone who's on the fence and thinks that this work wouldn't work for them? Ooh, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> um, because, like, again, I work with clients on we kind of work on their brains and their nervous systems together. Obviously the brain is part of the nervous system, but like it's not as holistic as for example, your approach. And it is so incredibly important. Like that holistic piece really changed the game for me. Working with Tay really changed the game for me because I had done years of therapy and like so many different supplements before and I had been on medication, right? And it just felt like the medication had also stopped working. And so I'd done all these things. And then looking at that holistic approach really changed everything. I would also say, like, I understand that it is expensive. And, like, you know, you want to invest your money wisely. And that is absolutely fair. And there are so many, you know, fads and scams and like you were saying, like there are people who are, you know, unkind in the nutritionist space and the doctor. Oh, there are nutritionists selling stuff that doesn't work. Absolutely. Like one, <sighs> like a, like friggin' snake oil. <laughs> yeah, right? Like you see those like skinny fit teas or whatever. And you're like, okay, is this just a laxative? Like, why would I take this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, not a thing. <laughs> um, yeah. I would say if you're on the fence, like I was on the fence for a while and I really just followed like Tay's work. And she puts a lot of stuff out there, right? Like whether it's like her videos, um, you know, the reels on Instagram, podcasts, the freebies that she has, really check that stuff out and see what it would be like to work with her. Ultimately, you're doing the changes. Like you are the one who's going to make your lifestyle change. But, you know, it really helps to have a practitioner who is like helping you be accountable, who is patient, who is, you know, empathetic when you're struggling because she wants to celebrate your successes. She's had that same experience of like, you know, going to the washroom often or having sleepless nights or, you know, taking medications possibly improperly because you just want to sleep. Very improperly. Thank you for being <laughs> nice about it. 
<laughs> I love that you tried to be nice. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you're exhausted at the end of the day because anxiety is yeah. so tiring. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would just check out, like, you know, everything that she has to offer because she does have a lot of, like, free stuff available. And for me, it really helped to have that accountability piece. Just knowing that I'm meeting with someone really motivates me to, you know, continue to do the work, especially when you're anxious. Sometimes it's hard and you're not seeing the results immediately. It's hard to do the work because you're like, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere, right? Like it took me the first two months before I had my last suicidal thought. So for the first two months, I was like, yeah, I'm very slowly getting better, but like, is this worth it? Am I, you know, achieving anything and Tay is helpful because she's there to celebrate your successes she wants to help you she created a whole step-by-step program as a person (laughs) who had anxiety like severe anxiety herself right it is it is so helpful to get off the hamster wheel of anxiety of like let me just try this supplement let me you know do this meditation let me try this yoga practice let me you know read this many pages before I go to sleep or whatever Sure, any and all of those things are helpful, but when you're not looking at like root causes and the gut, when you're not treating your body as like a holistic being, you're really just running on the hamster wheel. So, you know, maybe if you want to get off the hamster wheel, (laughs) maybe check out Tay's work. I would highly recommend it. And I will say that like you were on a budget. When we were working together, you were doing your master's, you were on a student budget, you were studying so much, you were starting your placements, you had to do calls that you're, you know, you weren't, you don't get paid for your placement, you're working for free. I mean, obviously, it's part of your education, but that takes a lot of time, money, energy, supporting people in the mental health space takes a lot of energy outside of the calls. And so we would have conversations where it would just be like, well, what's the budget? Like what's realistic for you in terms of the food, in terms of the supplements. And we were really able to pare things down. And that's I in the long run. And you can tell me if you agree or disagree, (laughs) because this is how I feel. I paid an obscene amount of money for the education I have to do this worth it still paying it off (laughs) but if I let's say I hadn't have done that I hadn't have gone to school and spent all that money and I had invested you know the $700 to work with somebody and I actually spent more than that trying to figure it out myself but it feels like less because it's small payments here it's like this supplement for $20 and then a couple of weeks later, it's like this supplement. And then all of a sudden you, you bought all these supplements and you've done all this therapy, which is great, but may, I would have had less therapy, you know, and it's like this yoga thing, this thing, that thing. And I know that I spent more money in the four years trying to figure it out myself, but it just, it's, it's not a, a big chunk coming out. I mean, there are payment plans, <laughs> but I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but I, I, I do think that it gets more expensive sometimes to try and put all the pieces together. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely acknowledge that like, you know, a lot of things can be really inaccessible and I think you try to make them as accessible as possible. That's, you know, what I really admire about you as a practitioner. And I was thinking about it while I was also, you know, going into therapy as well. I was like, how can I make this as accessible for as many people as possible? Because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. you want to help people. 
And I agree with you that like, it seems really expensive because it's kind of that upfront payment. And when I was looking at the detox sessions, I was like, this is a big chunk. Like what if this doesn't work? Am I wasting my money? Obviously like Mm -hmm. money has a lot of value. It is, you know, precious. It is valuable. So it makes sense that you'd want to be really careful about where you put it. Mm -hmm. But I think when you're paired with, when you choose a practitioner who knows what they're doing, who wants to support people, who has that lived experience in, you know, the mental health space, having experienced severe anxiety themselves, you, I had a point, I had a point. (laughs) Sorry, right at the end. No, I know, don't apologize. When you're paired with, you know, such a knowledgeable practitioner as Tay is, you end up spending maybe a little bit more in the short term, but you end up saving that much more in the long term, right? Like I could have just kept going to therapy, trying all these different supplements, but if I wasn't going to address it holistically, then yeah, it was going to cost me way more in the long term. And this worked, right? Like it is an investment in your health. I don't know that you can ever really go wrong with an investment in your health. I think it's one of the most important things for us to invest in. And when you're choosing, you know, a practitioner who knows what they're doing, you're just getting like that much more kind of bang for your buck, right? Like, as you were saying, you could just spend your money on a bunch of supplements and maybe they'll do something or nothing at all because, you know, maybe your body's not absorbing them for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, you could do that. And I understand why you might want to try the like DIY way. As someone who did it DIY for a solid 10 years before I found Tay, and then within, you know, a couple months, I started feeling better. I personally would recommend to not DIY it. (laughs) Yeah, I think the only supplement we kept you on that you came in with was the digestive enzymes. Yep. Everything else changed. Um, and you know, thank you so much for, uh, referencing all my free resources because I, and now that you've been on the other side, so you've been a client and you have, you see what I share in free resources on the podcast, on my Instagram, on all my freebies, the information is the same. There's no like secrets. I'm not hiding anything. I'm not like, this is only for paying clients. The difference is you can, I can't legally or ethically customize anything for anybody. Like I would lose my job. Nobody wants to lose their job, you know? And so that's just the difference. If you're doing the free stuff, which can still absolutely be helpful. It's just general advice. Like you with the beans, right? Like the free stuff is eat beans. And then you come to me and say, I don't want to eat beans. (laughs) And I'm like, no problem. Let's figure out how you're going to get your fiber, right? So it's that customization piece to have somebody actually look at your entire case and be able to pinpoint and be like, well, this is what's going on. And this is how we're going to target that strategically. So thank you so much for coming on. I mean, we could talk forever, but we want to (laughs) be respectful of both of our times. Any kind of closing thoughts or anything before we hang up? I think I'm just really happy and grateful to have worked with you. I, at the beginning, was also very much in my head about, like, 
how in the world could you ever say you're grateful for anxiety? Like, what are you talking about? Like, this woman is completely off her rocker. How did that um, and now, like, having gone through the work, I understand it. Like, it has not just changed my personal life where I'm able to sit with anxiety and be like, okay, this will pass. It'll be okay. But also just, you know, it helped my career so much. I felt so empowered. Now I can sit with clients and their anxiety and be like, yeah, I've been through that. And it was hard. It was incredibly challenging. And you can do it too, right? Like the work has been monumental and life-changing. So I'm just really grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask you before you go. If you love today's episode, I would so appreciate if you left a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disease. It's not something we just have to live with. It's definitely not just part of your personality. And there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety. With awareness comes action. And the more people this podcast can reach, the less people will struggle with anxiety. And positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show. You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so, so, so much. One last thing, my legal medical disclaimer. The Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only. And the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner-client relationship with me and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode, bye for now.